Did you know that more than 50% of the effectiveness in your next presentation or public speaking assignment is not even related with the words that you're going to say or your voice? Over 55% of the overall percentage of our effectiveness in the communication process comes from non-verbal communication cues. These are the things that we don't say, but are the things that we show and demonstrate through our eye contact, facial expressions, hand gestures, and full body movement. It's really amazing to know that even the most effective speakers out there realize and understand the importance of nonverbal communication skills. So many times we find ourselves baffled why we understand a certain film, movie, or communication segment without even speaking that particular language. It's all because of the importance and impacts of non-verbal communication skills. And in this episode, we will talk and discuss about the importance of inserting effective non-verbal clusters of body language and facial expressions in the next speaking assignment. There are four distinctive areas where communication skills in nonverbal cues and segments are found. These are important elements that play a major role in making your nonverbals as effective as your spoken word. The first and most important one, of course, is eye contact. Eye contact is the link between you and your listeners without any interruptions or distractions. Have you ever found yourself feeling left out or unimportant when the person talking to you is not giving you direct eye contact? How many times did you experience the feeling of being welcomed and part of the group whenever your teacher, professor, or presenter looks at you directly in the eye? How come our feelings are expressed more when we look to the person in the eye and express our sincerity, conviction, or even feelings and passion? This is the impact of eye contact. In the same time, establishing strong and proactive eye contact between the speaker and the listener is a fine art and a source of stress. That's why you see so many beginners and novice speakers look down at the floor or avoid looking at the eyes of the listeners altogether when they are performing the next presentation or speech. Looking at a pair of strange eyes can be stressful and nerve-wracking as any other non-comfortable or discomfortable social setup. That's why it's very important for us to establish a few ground rules when it comes to eye contact. The first rule is very important. Looking at the ground or at the ceiling will not make you reach a better effectiveness in your communication process. Two, it's always easier to look at a friendly face than at a stranger. 
That's why it's very important to allocate at least three friendly faces or at least three smiling faces, faces in the audience and look at them uh, between now and then during the speech or presentation. And three, look for positive, visible, visual feedback from the faces that you have chosen. If you've seen somebody who is not giving you positive cues as feedback, like shaking their ha heads or smiling, you know for, for a fact that this is not a member of the audience that has bought into your message. Change your eye contact and look at the person who is giving you more visible approval of your presentation. It's sometimes very hard to establish strong and established uh, eye contact channels with your audience, but it's always good to have this in your mind because eye contact is the first and most effective nonverbal communication channel between you and your audience members. Shortly after establishing a strong eye contact with your audience, the next nonverbal cue will come from your face. There's a very important saying that we've heard in the world of communication that the only curved line that can make things straight is a smile. Many speakers and many presenters in the heat of the moment and while because they are in the zone, they feel so stressed and under pressure that they forget to smile. Facial expressions are very important to convey how relaxed and comfortable you are because the audience members will mirror your feeling through your facial expressions. If you're relaxed, if you're smiley and friendly, it will mirror on the faces, on the mood of the listeners at the beginning or at the end of your presentation or workshop. Remember that all people from all walks of life regardless of how different they are and how different their cultural background are, they are the same in terms of the same human emotions of angry, sadness, surprise, fear, disgust, and anger. These basic human feelings can be expressed easily with facial expressions. In any typical presentation, facial expressions are best conveyed and expressed through the use of stories. Whenever you're using stories, especially personal stories, you'll go into certain sketches or part of the story. Those sketches or part of the story will involve a lot of plot devices like conflicts, resolution, uh, mystery, uh, fight between the characters. And this is the ideal way, way, way to express with your face, those same emotion between your characters. It should be noted, however, that expressing facial expressions is not as easy as it sounds, especially with less experienced speakers. And I advise anyone who are trying to attempt to add more facial expressions into their speeches or presentation is to take a video of themselves, not only when speaking, but also in a general social setup and see how they change their eyebrow, their eye movement, their mouth movement when they are listening or communicating with others. 
this should be a good starting point to establishing a good set of clusters when it comes to establishing good facial expressions. It will do a lot of change if these clusters of uh, facial expressions are inserted uh, effectively in the next presentation or workshop. The combination of eye contact and facial expressions uh, is a very important tool in the arsenal of nonverbal communication. Without them, it's going to be very hard to convey the exact feeling and emotion behind a story, a lesson, an example, or a proverb, or a metaphorical tool. Just look at something that happens in the world of indirect communication channels, like a, a podcast, for example, a radio show. We try our best to imagine the facial expressions of the person speaking. That's why uh, radio anchors and people in this uh, business try their best to animate their voice to the best level possible by them to compensate for the lack of facial expressions. And even if you attend uh, audio books or attend theater conveyed through radio, you'll see how hard those actors are trying to, to compensate for the lack of eye contact by animating the voice and trying to add a lot of audio effects to give you a clearer picture of the emotions, the feelings, and the whole idea behind having uh, facial expressions to start with. Then, of course, we move on to the next big elephant in the room. About 90% of people who are attempting public speaking, they have the same comment. What do I do with my hands? And to be honest, hand gestures seems to be the odd one out. If we try to focus on them, you'll see we are waving our hands when we are nervous. We're waving our hands when we are calm. We're waving our hands when we are defensive. And we are waving our hands when we are open and friendly to others. Hand movements can either be the doom or the blessings for your next presentation skills. And here, the topic of hand gestures is really wide and needs a different episode to cover it. But there is a golden rule that we can talk about it right now, which is move with a purpose. Each hand movement, each gesture, should symbolize a certain communicated phrase or communicated set of feelings or words. There are so many expressions that we can convey by a simple hand gesture or a simple hand movement. However, if you don't know how to convey the next hand movement by a gesture, then the most important rule after that is to avoid negative hand gestures. And negative hand gestures can be found in two areas. The first one, a, a symmetrical hand gesture, where the right hand moves exactly as the left hand in every possible move. This is bad because it distracts your audience and makes them uh, feel a little bit uh, the monotony of body movement. Uh, the best way is to put in your mind planned hand, hand movement on your dominant hand than your less dominant hand, for example, without moving them both together at the same time. The same thing applies with 
closing the hand or uh, hugging yourself because any inward hand movements are usually a sign of a negative, defensive, uh, nervous, stressed speaker. Open outward hand movements that welcome your audience members and convey a strong feeling of friendliness are almost more effective than any closed or inward hand movement. It will take some practice, but if you focus your mind to it, you will eventually reach to a natural place where you can use your hand freely and openly and more productively. Moving into the fourth element of the nonverbals is body movement and pauses. Body movement is, can also be a big one, especially with less experienced speakers. If you look at any less experienced speaker, novice or beginner, you'll see how they perform a small dance between their right and left hand, or they move around the stage on a pattern of a triangle or a square. This pacing back and forth, or what we call sometimes the pendulum movement, rocking, shifting weight back and forth, is a pure sign of stage fright and nervousness. And it takes a lot of time to overcome this, this pacing or this nervous body movement and uh, planting your legs so firmly on the ground and basically taking energy from the ground to stable your frame and depend on your core muscle to create a striking stand and a good pause in your, and pauses in your speech. In general, uh, stage actors know this very well, choosing and treating the stage as a three-dimensional area is really helpful in terms of your stage movement. Any important message or lesson to be conveyed at the beginning or end of speech should always be conveyed from center stage, the center of the speaking platform. Then you will have the left hand and the right hand side or wing of the stage and they can be allocated for certain stories or certain sketches or certain part of a central story. Moving back uh, to the back of the stage can also convey going back in time or uh, uh, retreating from a danger and so on. Moving in front of the stage and addressing your audience members can also convey that you are going to deliver something they need to learn or hear because it's very important. Watching actors and actresses moving on the stage in any theatrical play or musical can give you a better clue on the importance of full body movement and stage movements. And this is the fourth part of the non-body cluster that we should take care of and implement and plant in our next presentation. Reflecting on my journey in public speaking in terms of body language, I must say I did not have the easiest of times dealing with nonverbals, because it's such an acquired taste and acquired skill that you need a lot of stage time to master and become perfect in. In addition, it's not easy to read and understand nonverbals from people in the audience, because sometimes certain nonverbal skills 
do not convey the actual message behind it. That's why we need to read them very careful to understand the whole meaning behind the combination of uh, non-verbals and the overall effectiveness of the message. For example, having uh, the hand crossed over the chest or covering the mouth with your hand is usually a sign of negativity and defensiveness of not accepting your message. So whenever you see your audience members crossing their arms in front of their chest or covering their eyes or mouth, it might sound as if they are not accepting your message, but look at it in a cluster. Maybe the audience member is feeling tired or uh, having something else on his or her mind. So we need to be very careful when we deal with uh, non-verbals. Even in stories, and I, I also had a lot of hardship with this, how can I transfer the sketches of the story into a full-blown theatrical, dram dramatic, uh, non-verbal performance without sound sounding too over the board or over dramatic. This also takes a lot of effort and time, but the result will be always very fruitful and amazing on all possible levels. This was a brief outline on the various elements that play a major role in the nonverbals. There are, of course, so many more details in this science and art of nonverbal communication, and uh, there are so many books written on this subject. With, you, with your discovery of more skills and techniques, you will be able to get even closer to more effectiveness in your next presentation and next public speaking assignment. Remember your nonverbals, use them to perfect your message and always aim to reach more effectiveness with your voice as well as with your nonverbal communication channels. <music>